Dios. Use my bubbler, not my bong. This is what happens. But the way my bong is set up, it's not portable. It's way too big for me to carry it with me everywhere. But with that little opening, that little intro, that should tell you that you are listening to the High Wrestling Podcast. Hello. Welcome back. It's Halloween. It is Halloween, motherfuckers. And it has been a good Halloween this year. This is probably one of the best hollow weekends I've had in a long time. Because this was the first year in a while where I felt truly festive. This is the first year in a while I felt confident in my costume choice. I mean, I'm not saying that I've never been confident in my costume choice, but this year specifically, full-on confidence in the costume choices. For those that don't know, I did China at home, but I went out as Rowdy Roddy Piper. And let me tell you, I went out, I went on Amazon with 50 bucks in a dream. Let me tell you. I ordered the shirt and the skirt from Amazon, borrowed the leather jacket from my mom, and I already had a belt, because who doesn't, who doesn't own a belt? That's like, I, I'm not even being sarcastic when I say that, but like, if you're genuinely thinking about it, who does not own a belt? That really stressed me out. That really stressed me out. Oh my god, why did I say that? It's like when I keep telling myself I'm four years away from 30. Time is an illusion. A huge illusion, if I do say so myself. But, yeah. This Halloween is also just solidifying the fact that I have always been a spooky-ass bitch, because, for one, I grew up watching the golden era of Cartoon Network, so when I was a kid, I would just watch Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy and Courage the Cowardly Dog and not expect something to be wrong with me at the age of 26. Goosebumps? Are you afraid of the dark? Like, there's a vivid Halloween as a child that I remember. I'm not making this up. There was one Halloween. I, elementary school. That era. I go to school, participate in the Halloween shenanigans. I come home. I watch AMC Fear Fest. It was obviously the Halloween marathon because it was Halloween. But um, a six-year-old. I don't remember exactly how old I was. But imagine like a, a six-year-old coming home to watch AMC Fear Fest. Right before going out to go trick-or-treating. No fear. No fear. I watched AMC Fear Fest with no fear at seven, six. I don't, I, I was under ten years old. Definitely under ten years old. Yeah, and when I went to 
school addresses Jason Voorhees in 8th grade. I really expected nothing to be wrong with me. What? Like, all of the spookiness throughout, like, my childhood and teenage years is starting to set in. And I'm like, wow, I am really a fucked up individual. And I love it. I love it. But enough about me. I just wanted to reminisce on Halloween. Because it was great. I worked full queer on Saturday. And I went to Ugwa on Sunday. And tomorrow I'm going to Oasis Pro Dojo Show for Halloween. This episode will be up that day. So today I will be at the Oasis Pro Dojo Show. Again as Roddy Piper. Because when I tell you... I am the main outfit repeater I know. I, if I know an outfit is good, I will wear it as many times as I need to. But you know why I'm also an outfit repeater? I have a washing machine. I, when I was in school, I would repeat outfits all the time, and I would just be shocked, because, like, does nobody own a washing machine? You can wash clothes and wear outfits again. Especially if you know the outfit is fire. I'm not above repeating an outfit. Lizzie McGuire may be an outfit repeater, but... May not be an outfit repeater, but I damn sure am. I got that all wrong. I got that all the way wrong. <clears throat> But, yeah, yeah. I'm going to talk about Full Queer and Ugwa because those shows definitely need to be talked about. For their, I said in the last episode those were the last shows of the year for Full Queer and Ugwa. But, um, yeah, no, I'm speechless. I am speechless. And everybody that saw my Facebook post knows how I feel about wrestling and the independence, but I will share the Facebook post I did because I was really high and off of a high noon when I made that post, so I was just full of love and gratitude in that moment. <clears throat> and what else are we doing? We're watching some more Halloween Havoc matches. I've got a couple more in the arsenal. I think what I have left in all of my recommendations was Nasty Boys versus the Steiners at Halloween Havoc 80. Goldberg Goldberg versus DDP at Halloween Havoc 98. Dustin Rhodes, Steve Austin, Halloween Havoc 93. Lex Luger, Brian Pillman, Halloween Havoc 89. Johnny B. Bad versus DDP, Halloween Havoc 95. Don't be surprised if this episode gets split up depending on how long these matches go. Because I don't know how long I'm going to talk about Full Queer and Ugwa. So, might be split up. Might split matches. I also poured myself a chai that was more milk than chai. Kind of stressed. But let's get into it. <laughs> to the new transition sound because I've been using the same one for two years and I felt like it was time to change. So, 
Yes. Uh, too long didn't read summary for the last episode, because last episode was more shooting the shit and doing, like, content updates and episode updates. Pretty much the summary of that from the last episode. Um, December and January, I will be going on a little break from the High Wrestling Podcast, but I'm not taking a break from content creation completely. I'm just, like... It's a lot to keep up with something that doesn't really have an off-season. So, while I am taking a break from my sanity, I am also taking a break because I am planning on going back to school. So, I kind of need the time to figure out what my counselor says and what classes I need to take and what my schedule is going to be looking like. Especially because I just got hired and I will be employed again. So, I'm just going to take the rest of the year off to kind of figure out life and getting back in balance so I can finally do all the things I said I was going to do because for a hot minute now I said that I was going to start wrestling training but every time I was finally at a point where I could fucking do it, life would happen. Shit would happen. So I will be getting there. I'm speaking it into existence. The more that I say I'm going to wrestling training and the more that I put the days in my planner, the at some point I will eventually show up. Sometimes you just got to get your life together. Because if there's anything I've been learning in doing this podcast and going to shows, wrestling is not everything. It's fun. It takes up a majority of your life, but you do have to find that work-life balance. I know plenty of people who have taken breaks from wrestling and training because they just need to get their life shit together. And, you know, sometimes you gotta do that because at a certain point, you can't always be dropped off at your grandparents' house while your parents are at work and watch the Wiggles all morning, you know? Can't drive around your grandparents' house in your Barbie Volkswagen Beetle Power Wheels. My first car was a Barbie Volkswagen Beetle. It was bright blue with pink wheels and a pink steering wheel. It was battery operated. It was the shit. Okay. But yeah, sometimes you just got to be an adult. And once I get to a point of feeling like I can be an adult without like lingering guilt of other shit not getting done, we'll get there. So it is a goal of mine next year, my New Year's resolution that I could actually keep and see myself keeping, because I know we make New Year's resolutions and we just don't really keep them, but it is a New Year's resolution of mine to be more involved in the wrestling community in 2024 because I feel like this past year was just the appetizer. I've only just started covering independent wrestling on the show since February of this year. So I'm essentially just getting started, as the kids would say. Not like I'm still not a kid myself. I literally have on the TV in the background playing the entire story of The Grim Adventures of Billy and Mandy in 58 minutes. Jartoon is one of my favorite YouTubers right now. He does, or they do, um, summaries of all a bunch of cartoons. So... Saves me from a lot of binge watches because I actually really hate binging stuff. I hate binging TV shows. I say as I'm in the middle of a Bob's Burgers binge that is 
I'm not consistent with it. I just... I don't have the attention span to sit and watch a show, like, all day. Like a TV show. I don't know how people can, like, binge shows back-to-back. Like, I... That's so hard. That's, like, one of the hardest things for me. I forgot what we were originally talking about. Oh, I was going on break. Yeah, December, January, essentially, I'm going on break so I can take a break from wrestling and just enjoy wrestling and also figure out what I'm doing in terms of school and figuring out my brand new work schedule. So we're taking a break to adults and we will be back, I'm going to assume February or March 2024, if not the end of January, but gotta be an adult just gotta go be an adult for a minute i hope that's all right with y'all i'm trying to think if there are any more updates when i come back i will be delving into the world of ecw uh for the month of november i will be getting back into my pay-per-view retrospective that i was doing like year by year the big five pay-per-views so we're bringing that back for the month of november And, yeah, because I think I left off on that right when I was about to watch WrestleMania X7, so we gotta, we gotta do that, I gotta get in that, but when I come back, I am planning on getting back in ECW, so I will take any and all recommendations for anything ECW that I should be watching. I'm trying to think, prior to 2009. Prior to 2009, yeah. So, recommendations for anything ECW prior to 2009, much appreciated. Because that will be the project for next year. Yeah. I think that's really just it in terms of content and life updates. Those were the two main ones. But, let's... The calendar the calendar. I gotta get better at updating the calendar, like, I gotta, but I, what I mean by I gotta get better at updating the calendar is I gotta get better at sharing what shows are happening each month. Like, I gotta, that's a goal of mine to make that an every episode thing, is to share what ep- uh, episodes, share what shows are happening every month, goodness gracious. Um, in the remainder of October, nothing except Oasis Pro's dojo show that's happening today, but in November, on November 4th, Saturday, November 4th, we've got Total Wrestling Federation Fall Mall in Manteca at the VFW Hall. On the 11th, South Bay Championship Wrestling is doing their anniversary show. Also, on the 11th, Oasis Pro is doing their anniversary show. And Total Total Wrestling Federation is also doing Port City Showdown at the Eagles Hall in Stockton. On November 17th, Friday... West Coast Pro is doing Whiplash, and Phoenix Pro Wrestling is doing a show. I think that's really it for November right now. 
December, I know Oasis Pro has a show on the 16th, and Total Wrestling Federation and Action Coast Wrestling have shows on the 2nd. But, yeah, that's essentially what we got going in terms of shows for the remainder of the year. It's so weird that 2023 is almost over. That is, in a way, unsettling to think about because it's over before I even, like, fully realized that it was 2023, if that makes sense. Like, once it settled in that it was 2023, it was all of a sudden October. Which, um, yeah, tells you how much I pay attention. And let me tell you, let me tell you something. I'm gonna probably piss a lot of people off with this one, but... We are reaching the end of 2023, and I still have not seen Barbie. To this day, I have not seen Barbie. I was trying to bootleg that shit. I never got around to bootlegging it. But then also, I was kind of in solidarity with the strike, and I didn't want to watch anything that wasn't already out. But I don't really know if that makes sense, because I'm still watching Struck stuff. I don't know. But I just haven't really watched anything new recently. Because I did my full Halloween binge, like horror movie binge for Halloween, which there will be an episode on that over at Hanging with Evil. And the episode on Halloween should also be out over at Hanging with Evil as well, too. So, yeah, yeah. That's the, the spooky stuff, the spooky happenings. But, full queer. Full fucking queer. So, I would like to... Circle back to that Facebook post I mentioned earlier. Because it's essentially the long form version of what I mean when I tweet I love professional wrestling because I've been watching wrestling since I was 13 for exactly 13 years now because what am I, 26? Yeah, 13 years. I mean, on and off. Because there was a period where I went through a pop-punk phase and I thought that I was too cool for wrestling because I listened to pop-punk. It was very weird. It was, it was a time. It was an interesting time. But at 26, I can honestly say I feel the same way that I did when I discovered wrestling for the first time. Because contrary to popular belief, I did not start watching independent wrestling or getting into independent wrestling until this past February. I mean, I've been aware of it, but I didn't really delve until I saw West Coast Pro was doing a show in Sacramento and I went and that's kind of what took, that's what essentially started it for me because at the time, it was like, let me just cross this off my bucket list, because I've been to wrestling shows, but I've never been to an independent wrestling show. 
but what really I would say kind of set things off for the show itself is when I sponsored Full Queer's Pride show, Pride or Die, back in June, because that's when I feel like the show itself took off. Like, once I started working with Full Queer, that's when, uh, excuse me, the can of worms opened. And I can really not only thank Full Queer for just taking me in and accepting me with open arms, I would also like to thank my previous job. Not 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 Home Depot. The one I had before Home Depot. I would like to thank my previous job for firing me. Because I'm sitting here realizing, like, as depressed and as devastated as I was when I got fired, I'm at a point where I realized if I had never got fired from that dispensary, I would have not given you what I've given you this past year. I wouldn't have had the time. I wouldn't have had the energy. Like, I would not have been able to give you what I've been giving you this past year with the vlogs, the episodes, the everything, the Instagram clips. Like, I, there would be no giving if I was still at the dispensary. Point blank, period. But the, it's just an overwhelming feeling of gratitude and feeling grateful and what I said in my Facebook post because I'm reading this word for word because I'm realizing people who listen to the podcast or stumble upon the podcast might not follow me on the socials and I tend to really only keep my Facebook to friends, family, and people in the industry but essentially what I said on Facebook last night was a result of two joints and a high noon and just being high on wrestling there's so many words I can use to describe how I feel about wrestling, but in this past year doing the podcast and involving myself in the independent scene, the word that comes up the most is grateful. I genuinely love professional wrestling, and with all the shows I've been to this year, whether I'm a fan or involved in a show, I'm so proud of everyone and everything I've seen this year. Feeling thankful to be in this space and excited to see where the industry goes 2024 and onward. Special thank you to Full Queer... Hood Slam, Ugwa, Oasis Pro, and West Coast Pro, and everyone involved for always putting on consistent products and finding ways to keep the fans, myself included, coming back for more. Another huge shout out to everyone involved in the shows, from production teams to the talent themselves. There's so many of you. Because everyone's hard work definitely shows and pays off. Too long didn't read. I'm just a very proud fan. And, that, you know, something, I will say that. I am a fan first, because if I was never a wrestling fan, I would never be here, sitting here, doing this podcast, talking to you guys. So, I'm a wrestling fan first. So, I do owe WWE and my cousins for getting me, starting this can of worms. Putting the can of worms in front of me. To open. But, I really specifically wanted to thank... Ugwa, Hood Slam, Full Queer, Oasis Pro, West Coast Pro, because those were the main promotions I found myself out, found myself at this past year, and let me fucking tell you, the one thing each of those promotions are consistent, consistent. 
because for sure I can say West Coast Pro, Hood Slam, and Ugwa for the storylines. And I'm going to get ahead of myself because I am going to talk about um, Full Queer and Ugwa shows from this past weekend. But Ugwa's Devil's Night from last night is exactly how you should do a season finale. If you were writing a season finale, when I say that Devil's Night was a perfect execution of a season finale. Uh, Excuse me. The perfect execution of a season finale. But the storylines within Hood Slam, Ugwa, and West Coast Pro, those are the storylines that keep you coming back to each show. Because even though I missed a few chapters in the West Coast Pro story, when I watched the fifth year anniversary show, I swear I'm not exaggerating when I say that's some of the best wrestling I've seen. I say that about everything, but... When I tell you West Coast Pro is really doing something special, I will reiterate that. West Coast Pro, they are doing some crazy shit. And they just partnered with Marvelous in Japan, and that's huge. That's a fucking huge thing. Like, if you want to see some really fucking good wrestling, you go to West Coast Pro. Because those matches, like, you can take the story out of a West Coast pro match and still be entertained because those motherfuckers over there are talented. And I say motherfucker endearingly. It's a term of endearment. I just curse a lot. But, yeah, no. I The most consistent wrestling I've seen at West Coast Pro. Creativity, I will definitely give to... Hood Slam and Full Queer. Hood Slam is their own lore in the city of Oakland. I will start, let's jot that down. Jot that down. Let's start there. What Hood Slam has been doing these past few years, as someone, I was never old enough to go to Hood Slam, first of all. I. Whenever Hood Slam started, I was probably a single-digit age, so I probably wasn't able to go. But they are also putting on something very special. Like, if you, I will say, if you complain about the WWE storylines and the AEW storylines, and you think that they aren't doing anything interesting or out there or creative, check out Hood Slam. Because they're putting on shows and telling stories that are just as good as WWE and AEW and all of like the big name companies. But they're not worried about fan service and what the fans think. And that's why I love it. Because you can predict what might happen, but at the end of the day, it's up to the people booking the shows for the results. We can fantasy book all we want, as many times as we want, with all of these wrestlers, but Hood Slam is doing it without 
taking you into consideration, and that's what I love. I love that so much. I don't want to be taken into consideration. I want you... That's what I... That's the shit I'm talking about. When it comes to wrestling, and I say that I just want to go watch some wrestling, Hood Slam fits that description. Because I, I legit... Like, yes... Do what you gotta do to keep the fans coming back for more. Do what you gotta do to keep the fans... Like, in consideration, keep the fans... To an extent, keep the fans in consideration. But... Hood Slam has been doing their own thing, and I think that's what keeps me coming back for more. Because the stories that they are telling... They have their whole... Go to... Go to their fucking website and read all of the lore. I I shouldn't even have to be telling you this. They have a whole website for a reason. But I'm what I'm gonna say is, if you want something, if you're like looking for something different that WWE and AEW aren't giving you in terms of like storylines and character work, go look at Hood Slam. I swear. I swear. Ugwa I love because Ugwa definitely reaches that aspect of me that just really enjoys violence and destruction and gore and just being brutal without any apologies. Like, they don't call it the Underground Wrestling Alliance for a reason, but... Like, each of these promotions that I mentioned touch, like, an aspect of wrestling or just an aspect of storytelling in general that I like. But Ugwa really touches that, like, street fighting, hardcore, just straight violence aspect that I want to see. Because, especially at Devil's Night, it was great wrestling, a lot of violence, a lot of chaos. I would say they they tickle that chaotic bone. And I love it. I love the chaos that Ugwa brings. Full Queer, also fun. I realized I skipped over them when I said for creativity, Full Queer, and Hood Slam. Full Queer, not only the creativity, it's just they're so much fun. They don't take themselves too seriously. Like, there's lore and there's storylines, but it's, it's fun. It's the carny aspect of it, if, in lack of a better terms, but you feel like you are going to an all-inclusive sideshow, and that's what I love. It, it touches the part of me that loves the circus. It's clownery, your honor. I wish I was exaggerating. I wish I was fucking exaggerating, but sometimes... You want those storylines, sometimes you want those characters, but you don't want to be, like, a super hardcore fan about it. You just want to go to a wrestling show and have fun. And that's what I think Full Queer is, because the creativity is there, the all-inclusiveness is there, like, whether you're ally or you are in the LGBTQIA plus community, there's something for everybody in Full Queer to enjoy. And you can even bring kids and dogs depending on the venue, but you can bring kids and dogs. Who doesn't like kids and dogs? And then finally, Oasis Pro. Oasis Pro always feels like a family reunion when I go to their shows, and that's 
that's what I like. I like to feel like I'm surrounded by loved ones, having a good time with loved ones. Like, I genuinely feel like when I'm at Oasis Pro, I'm at the friends and family picnics that I grew up going to. Like, it's just, it's always, it's always a family thing at Oasis Pro, and they really do give a shit about Northern California wrestling, because I went to the show before Big Toko's kickback, and that was probably one of the best nights of my life, because there was an after party, and it really felt like I was chilling with my family. It really did feel like I was chilling with my family. And it broke my heart that I couldn't go to Big Toko's Kickback because I think I ended up having to work that day. And it was just too much logistics to try and make it. But ultimately, I just love that feeling of going to see family. And that's what I get when I'm at Oasis Pro. But like, all of these promotions, they book talented fucking people like I don't even know where to begin with I don't know where the talent starts and I don't know where the talent ends which is why I try to keep it like as broad as possible but like everybody involved in these shows from the in-ring talent to the referees to the sound to the producers to the bookers to everybody plays a part in running a show, whether you realize it or not, and so it it's just always important to acknowledge not just the wrestlers, but everybody involved, because, man, so much goes into running a show, I'm genuinely learning, but, it's just... There are no words to, again, describe how proud I am. Like, I am, I, every time I go to shows and I see people booked on multiple shows with different promotions, because I've seen multiple wrestlers work different shows with different promotions, and, like, with each time, I just grow so much prouder. I grow prouder. That's not what I wanted to say. Like, a prime example. I keep getting ahead of myself because I just want to talk about Devil's Night in one segment. But, prime example of this. Jordan Cruz. I first saw Jordan Cruz at West Coast Pro's Sacramento show in February. He was good. He was beyond talented. And I'm not going to deny that. He's always been talented. But... It was last night at Ugwa where I was like, damn, I'm really proud of this guy. Like, there are a bunch of wrestlers that I am mutuals with and friends with on social media, and I probably have never said, like, one word to them in person, or let alone met them in person. Like, there's some people I've met, some people I see frequently. Proud of you guys, too. But, like, these are two of the ones that... I probably have never said, like, one word to. I'm so proud. I'm beyond fucking proud. So fucking proud. Because fucking Jordan Cruz. I went from seeing him at West Coast Pro in February to watching him win the Ugwa title last night. He beat Dave Dutra in one of my favorite matches from last night. 
Like, that's the shit I'm talking about. Like, if I, 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 I'm consistently proud. Like, fuck it, Alpha Zoe. Alpha Zoe has been on almost every show that I have... Every independent show since I've started going to independent shows this year, I think I've seen Alpha Zoe at every single one. And I'm... Each show, I'm proud. Because that man is a fucking beast. Beast! He's insane in the ring. Brooke Havoc even, like, a lot of these people that I'm seeing on shows and working with on shows, I saw at West Coast Pro in February and kind of just to see where they are now in their careers. Like, Nick Wayne and Titus Alexander were fighting, like, feet in front of me. I was on the stage, I was by the ring, and they were beating the shit out of each other in front of me. Nick Wayne is signed to AEW, Titus Alexander just went to wrestle for New Japan. Are you fucking kidding me? And Johnny Robbie, don't even get me started on her. Like, there's so many people I can name, but these are like the people that are coming to mind with like, I've really been paying attention to their growth as wrestlers. Like, I almost want to go back and watch my old vlogs and see, like, the improvements and, like, I'm going to do that. And I'll get back to you guys on the, um, definitely get back to you guys on that one next episode. Because there's just so many people that I'm just so proud of and so happy to see with each show. And then, like, the improvement, it definitely shows. Because these are not the same people that I saw back in February. Let me tell you. They have grown. They have improved. I don't even, like, where the talent starts and where the talent ends, I can't even. Yeah. But the too long didn't read version for this segment. Very grateful to be where I'm at with the show and in the industry. Excited to see where the industry goes and excited to be more involved in the industry 2024 and onwards. Very proud of all of the talents that I have seen this past year because there's so many of you and if I tried to remember all of your names individually, we would be here for a while. But, yeah, no, I am proud, I am grateful, I am excited, and I am thankful that I have gotten to cross paths with all of these people. And I will say, one thing I do want to say, it is a lot meaningful. I keep, that, that didn't come out right. Crossing paths with all these people this past year especially has been super meaningful for me because I grew up, I was very introverted, I was very sheltered, I did not like people, I did not like meeting new people, I had a lot of social anxiety. I still, like, from time to time have social anxiety. But to go from like that shy kid that didn't really leave the house and didn't do anything to crossing paths with all of these amazing people and to feel like I can be myself, be my weird chaotic self with everybody, that just that that is kind of the deeper layer to what I mean when I say I love professional wrestling because this is the one community where I truly have felt the most accepted to be myself and know that I won't get like any weird looks or second glances so I genuinely do mean it when I say that I appreciate everybody I've crossed paths with and I genuinely consider you guys friends and 
all of the all of the sentiments yeah so to that I light my bubbler You know, this doesn't hit like my bong does when I do like my intro and transitions with the bong. I mean more on a sound level, because it, 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 shit, this shit hits. I've been smoking on some lumpy shake, because I have a friend that works for lumpies, and she brought me some shake. Oh my god, I don't know what the fuck I've been smoking on. But if you've smoked with me... In the past week, it was some lumpy shake. Past two weeks, actually, it was some lumpy shake. But yeah, let's get into this past weekend. Let's get into the shows from this past weekend. So let's talk Full Queer. Full Queer had their last show of the year. We live at the Lone Star Saloon in San Francisco, which was, I believe, one of the first gay bars in San Francisco? I could be wrong. I could be very wrong. But there were a few matches. A couple matches. I'm getting to the match card. So, what do we have? We had Joey Gonzo versus O.C. Hayes. No, it was. I think it got switched. I think it was ended up being Joey Gonzo versus Andrew Cass, and then it up and then it ended up being Rosie Fingers versus O.C. Hayes. And then between that, we had Richie Coy versus the Blue Beetle. There was an intermission. There was Adventures in Science versus Doc Atrocity and King Gaio, and then it was Marco Mayer versus Effie, and um. There are things that really put what I'm doing into perspective. And for me to be able to say that I worked a wrestling show that Effie was on, kind of a huge thing in retrospect. It's up there with commentating Giselle Shaw's match. These are probably two of the biggest names in the wrestling industry that I have interacted with. Specifically two of the biggest names, because I'm not saying that I haven't interact with, interacted with any big names, because I was going through my old tweets to find memes, because I had deleted my Dropbox that had all of my memes and like all of my memories and stuff, because I'm like, I'm I keep running out of space and I'm not going to I'm not even going to fight with it anymore. And a lot of the memories that I was keeping, I didn't really care for. Something, Sometimes you just got to let shit go. You got to let shit go. But yeah, I deleted my Dropbox, so I lost all of my memes. I had a folder of almost like 700 memes and reaction photos. It was great. You could tell that I was definitely raised on the internet. But yes, I... went back and saved a bunch of memes that I've tweeted over the past two years and realized that 
when I went to AEW for the first time and I stayed for the Ring of Honor taping, um, I was in the same room as Dean Malenko, which was crazy to think about. Very crazy to think about. I was in the crowd, obviously, but like to be under the same roof as Dean Malenko, that's crazy to think about. packing a bowl, sorry. But yeah, that's crazy. Because there are things that I'm doing now that I didn't think that I would be doing when I started this podcast. So when I think about it in retrospect, it always is really crazy and blows my mind. Because it's like, wow. If you would have told me 13 years ago I would be working wrestling shows with all of these talented people, I would have told you you were absolutely insane but it was fun it was so fun it was like an actual bar fight because it wasn't big enough to really host a ring but I think like no ring shows are iconic and should happen more because we've, we've all gotten comfortable with the idea of a ring. It's a no-ring show in a bar, which actually makes it come across as a bar fight, which I loved. I loved the bar fight. It was perfect for the theme. The whole reason I dressed up as Roddy Piper was because of the full queer show. It was inspired by They Live, one of my favorite movies involving one of my favorite wrestlers. So I had to stay on brand. I had to. But, you know, it's it's always fun working with Full Queer. I wish that I had better words than fun, but we could say fun is an understatement. If there's another exciting excitement But yeah, no. I watched The Door. I did door duty and took tickets the first half of the show, which is essentially like cashiering, I've learned. All of my years of cashiering and customer service really paid off in this moment, in that moment. And then I went out to manage Adventures in Science. I'm just realizing that when it comes to Full Queer, I really am a jack-of-all-trades. Because since I've started working with them, I've pretty much done everything but wrestle. Like, I've, I've done the merch. i got a lot of job titles. I think I've already went through my job titles with Full Queer. But I did a lot. I've done a lot with Full Queer. I, I was... I... Wild card. Do you guys remember that episode of Always Sunny in Philadelphia where Charlie was talking about being the wild card. That That's what I... I consider myself the full queer wild card. I can do anything. I can also improvise. Because nobody told me that they were going to skewer Dingle before... Like, okay, I knew that I was going to get tied up and kidnapped by Doc Atrocity. But did they tell me they were going to skewer Dingle? No. 
And that's what I love. The less I know, the better. The less I know, the better, as Tame Impala would say. That was iconic, though. I could essentially say I had... Uh, it wasn't exactly a death match. But I was involved with a wrestling match that had blood. So... That's cool. I was so excited to... <laughs> I'm laughing because when I saw that it had blood on me, I got really excited for some reason. I was like, um, because I was like looking down. I'm like, I don't, I didn't get any blood on me. And I looked at my arm. I'm like, oh shit, I got blood on me. Yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fucking awesome. I loved it. I loved every minute of that day. Because, you know, you're just having good times with your friends. Sometimes it doesn't even feel like you're putting on a wrestling show. At least from my perspective, I just feel like I'm there having a good time with my friends. Watching chaos. But I, you know, I will say again, they understand the assignment when it comes to brunch shows because the way that I still had the rest of my day to get shit done. Powerful. Powerful. But all in all, definitely, if you missed out on Full Queer this year, that is your fault, first of all. No, I'm kidding. But definitely check them out next year. Check out the YouTube channel because the matches from Folsom and even the matches from We Live should be going up on the channel here soon. Shout out to the Huckabees for just always being on it. Let me tell you what I was told. The Huckabees... They shot, like, got the videos for, they got the videos for Full Queer. And that same day, they had to drive from San Francisco to San Ramon to go film the Puppet War show. If that is not fucking dedication, listen, protect the Huckabees at all costs. Those, that's the hardest working couple in this industry. I love them. I love them so much. And then they did Ugwa yesterday. Like, San Francisco to San Ramon to San Francisco on a Sunday. Oh my god. Listen. 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 Ears open. Man. That's what I'm talking about when I went on that tangent just now and I was like, everybody plays a part in the show from top to bottom, no matter how big or how small your role is. That's exactly what I was talking about. Huckabee's prime example. Love them. But Ugwa, man. Ugwa was so much fun. Like, the Emporium was already decorated for Halloween because I think they had a Halloween thing the night before, so I was already with, like, the spooky vibes, the decorations. It was just so ominous in there, and that's what I love. I do... I, it, you cannot have Halloween and not be ominous. Me just now realize, re realizing there has been a black cat in my family for the past, like, how old are you now, Duncan? 
was like 12 or 13, if I'm not mistaken. We got him when he was two. I love my old grandpa baby. That's what I call him. But yeah, no, the um, the ominous factor was there. There was an Elvira cutout, so I was that. Shout out to whoever put up the Elvira cutout. That is, you know how you have Mariah Carey show up on November first. Elvira is my September first. How's your head? If you've never seen Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, first of all, what are you doing? What are you doing? Second of all... Fucking Agua. That's the second thing. I, I need to take a hit on this, because... say one of the thing like if there has been anybody integral at least th I'm speaking from my experience in this past year of going to independent shows if there's anybody in my experience has who has been the most integral to the Ugwa and the full queer storylines Doc Atrocity. That man is a legend. I can forgive him for kidnapping me on Saturday. I can forgive that. All is forgiven. But not only is, is he a sick-ass tattooer, because I've seen his work on Instagram, but his knowledge, his experience, his memes, just... I can never not associate Agua with Doc Atrocity. It's like Mickey Mouse in Disney. But that man is a legend. Somebody else I want to also, like, give respect to. Because, uh, what the fuck? He pulled the rug out. All the storylines last night that involved Doc Atrocity, talk about pulling the rug out from somebody's feet. Okay. Um, wow. Wow. Like, the shit that he's doing with Graveyard Shift, another good tag team. Shout out Toby. Shout out Dave Wasted. Two of the homies. They are awesome. And also super talented. Like, that, okay, whoa, whoa. The segment in the tag team four-way between Dave Wasted and Marco, this is what I mean when I say the less I know, the better. Because that's, that's the shit I want to be surprised with. Was I expecting more gay shit last night? No. Did I like the more gay shit that I got last night? Absolutely. Absolutely. Fucking lootly. That four-way was another one of my favorites. I think I was just too high to recall. Because definitely my top two matches of last night at Devil's Night were Sandra Moon and Zara Zocker. That match, I swear, like, 
they brought the crowd back from intermission, if I do say so myself. And Zara has definitely improved. Whatever they are doing in their training, it is paying off. Because I'm seeing it. I'm seeing the growth. Because the Zara that I saw last night was a complete 180 from the Zara that I saw at Full Queer in June. Like, what they can do in the ring, insane. And then Sandra Moon is one of my favorites as well, too. She's beyond talented, and I cannot wait to see her and Dark Sheik for the Championship of Sharks. Ah. Ah. That's, that's going to be good. That's going to be really good. It's going to be an excellent match now that I think about it. And then Jordan Cruz versus Dave Dutra. Listen, I was trying so hard to vlog and get my Instagram clips like I normally do, but they pulled me out of that. That (sighs) Refer back to everything that I said about Jordan Cruz and the beginning but like that match I want to circle back to it insane insane that was like they gave you all of the spots that would stress you out in a WWE match like the near falls the storytelling like the fact that Jordan had literally just lost the gatekeeper championship to Nick Xander to live and die in Eshday, the last Ugwa show prior to this one. Also, shout out to Nick Xander, somebody else who's underrated and talented as fuck in the ring. Also, drop your conditioner and shampoo secrets. But yeah, no, the uh, the fucking, uh, speaking of Nick Xander, we'll come back to Jordan Day, but that, while I'm thinking about it, the uh, alliance with Doc Atrocity that I wasn't expecting, and the, whoa, whoa, that was, I got a, I, I'm so sorry, because by the, time this episode is up, I'll probably have done it, if I haven't done it yet, but, like, when Nick realized he was under the control of Doc Atrocity, the look on his face just screamed, like, hello darkness, my old friend, and so I I purposefully got a clip of him and Doc Atrocity, like, walking to the back, because I wanted to... Is it... I'm trying to think. Would it be hello? Um, yeah, no, it's hello darkness, my old friend. That's the literal facial expression he had. He was like, "I'm, I'm fucked." Yeah, no, this is gonna be a fun vlog to edit because all of the th- all of the memes and shit that are running in my head, I'm gonna edit it into this vlog. But yeah, Dave Dutra and Jordan Cruz, both talented people. Like, I have only seen Dave Dutra wrestle twice. It's a shame. 
because he wasn't add more gay shit too that I can rem- that I can genuinely remember. No, he wasn't. I don't think I remember seeing Dave Dutra at more gay shit too. So the first time I essentially saw Dave Dutra wrestle was at To Live and Die in SJ. But man, those two really went at... Those two went to war. War. And it was... Like, back to what I was saying with the near falls and shit. Like, there were so many times that I thought Dave was going to retain. But... That was probably, like, if I had to rank my top three matches of the night, it would be Dave Dutra and Jordan Cruz for the Ugwa title. Sandra Moon and Zara Zocker and the four-way tag team match. Because, man... It was just chaos all around, because, like, the last match, it was supposed to be, like, a... It was supposed to be a Beast of the East championship match. Well, it was, but fucking everybody with the belt came out. Gary Vyardshiff, Nick Xander, Dr. Trocity, and now they're throwing Jaya Jewel into the mix. One of my favorite deathmatch wrestlers. Like, if I, D- Juicy Journey, Jaya Jewel. The three J's of deathmatch wrestling. I just came up with that. Because I just realized all their names started with J. Um, yeah. That was... That was that ending is what made me hate the fact that I have to wait till January to know what the fuck is happening next. That's rude. That First of all, that is so rude that I have to wait till January to figure out what's happening next. That is... What what is it? So nasty and so rude that I have to wait until January for this shit. Oh my god, you guys are stressing me out. Also, someone I've been like seeing a lot, but last night was kind of like the oh I get it. Brittany Brooks, because I follow her on social media. I've seen like clips and highlights, but like actually watching her in the four-way match last night, it was kind of like, oh, I get it now. Girl is talented as hell. Talented as hell. I'm trying to think. Is that everything? Did I cover everything? I feel like there's more that I need to cover, but I would check out. Ugly's YouTube channel, because I'm sure they'll put up the matches at some point. I don't know how they, um... I know they just put up Devil's Night 17, like, the full event on the channel. But definitely peep the Ugly YouTube channel in case they put up the the matches from Devil's Night 19, because... Yeah, no, I I was just, I felt really good about all of the wrestling that I witnessed and was involved with this past weekend. It was very nice. It was very, 
I don't want to say wholesome because none of it was wholesome. None of it was wholesome. But I would say it's wholesome in the sense that when you go to independent shows, you're just surrounded by a bunch of people who want to stand there and watch wrestling or sit there and watch wrestling. It's like we're all here to have fun and watch wrestling. That's why I think it's super wholesome. But, yeah, no, it was good. I definitely feel like Full Queer and Ugwa capped off their years perfectly. And I can't wait to see what they do again next year. I can't wait to see what everybody does, like, within the year. But I'm still just fake mad that I have to wait till January to understand what the hell is happening with Ugwa. Why would you do this? I have to wait two months. This is how I, you know, when I was deep in, like, the Tumblr fandoms, and they, like, ended shit on cliffhangers, that, I have that same outrage. Same outrage. You know, at least I'm not waiting a fucking year between seasons. Let's be real. I'm not waiting a year between seasons. Just a couple months. But, yeah, I had a really fun weekend. It was always It's always fun seeing everybody, seeing my friends, seeing all of the talent, all of the, everybody involved with the show. It's just good vibes all around. Good vibes all around. So, we're finally getting into a little bit of the Halloween Havocs. We are watching Steiner Brothers versus the Nasty Boys for the NWA United States Tag Team Championship. And, you know, I never thought I would see the day where there would be a wrestling promotion owned by the lead singer of the Smashing Pumpkins. Because when I think of Billy Corgan, I think of the fact that I used to play Bullet with Butterfly Wings on Guitar Hero all the time. Stoner Brothers are still better, but I mean, it's Halloween Havoc. Oh, they said it's on site. Okay. Nasty Boys have a stint in TNA, or am I... No, I'm not losing it. I'm not losing it. Yeah, I'm more familiar with the TNA Nasty Boys. 
actually good hold on i've been like i've really just been zoned into this i've just been sucked in looking for my list This is really good. Shout out to who recommended this to me. Twitter user Outlaw Jamboree. Suplexes, the slams, the take them off their feet, 
and worked on the lower back is good, sound strategy. Saw toe slam there by Jerry Sags. He's on top. You know, as someone that just started. that time. Every bump to the lower back just makes me wince, because I am actually, for the entirety of this episode, I have actually been in so much pain. My lower back is killing me. Exactly. Love being woman. All it is is pain. Fun fact, though, for my people with peas, that time of the month, people, my people, my listeners who have peas and also partake in cannabis and edibles, I need you guys to look into level tabs and get the hangover level tabs because while those tabs are meant to prevent your hangover or make your hangover go away the shit that they have done for me when it's that time I could be bedridden but I take a level hangover tag tab That's one of my favorite uh, cannabis products, by the way, because they focus more on the cannabinoids. They will get you high, but, like, if you really need to sleep or you really want some pain relief, I would look into level tabs. Just saying. Little pills with cannabinoids in them. Uh, excuse me. Wait. I'm looking at the list that was recommended to me. I don't have to watch Lex Luger and Brian Pillman. I've already seen it because I did watch Halloween Havoc 89 when I attended to do the live watches of the entire events. So, Nasty Boy Steiners, Goldberg DDP. Dustin Rhodes, Steve Austin, Johnny B. Bad, DDP. you guys i think i've said this in a halloween havoc match already but i prefer wcw i'm preferring wc i might be speaking too soon there might be some people like turning up their nose or wincing at that statement but like i've just preferred everything that i've seen in wcw I could be speaking way too soon. But so far, out of all of the live watches that I've done, 
WCW is kind of taking the top spot. Shit may be predetermined, but I know that you cannot fake getting hit in the back of the head with a fucking chair. up Lex Luger and Brian Pullman. I don't remember liking that match. I only like three matches from 89. This is really good. This is really fucking good. 15 minutes gone by. 15 minutes gone by. 15 minutes in this one. Can stop tag. He falls back with it. But if he's so weak that he can't make the tag, Knobs made the tag. The nasty boys have tagged in and out much more frequently than the Steiners have been allowed to do. I was going to ask a question, but I answered it as soon as I asked myself the question in my head. So... You know, I 
can't say much because I'm not a wrestler yet. But I feel like if I were a wrestler in training, this seems like one of those matches you would study for tag team spots. Because there's been so many good spots in this match. I could be wrong. And I'm, I'm speaking for someone who's not a wrestler yet and hasn't, like, gotten in the ring to train, but, like... I would study this match if I was a wrestler, is essentially what I'm trying to say. I feel like I could put a great wrestling curriculum together. I might be getting ahead of myself, but I've seen some matches prior to this one, where it's like, wow, I would study this if I were training. Technically, do already have a list. I have a, I have a huge list of wrestling matches that are, like, my favorites. What if I've been studying wrestling matches this whole time? These haven't been live watches. We're, I'm educational. Steiner stuck, but the Frankensteiner was actually sick as hell as a wrestling move. I don't support the Steiners for obvious reasons, but that Frankensteiner was actually really fucking cool. But never disrespect my LGBTQIA plus homies. Because I will identify as a fucking problem. Why is Goldberg's entrance unnecessarily long? That, wow. They are large men.
Are they going to fire or are they going to keep playing games? I came to see a fight, but they're not fighting. They're barely fighting. There you go. Has Goldberg always been this tall? Because it seems like when he's been in WWE, like, recently, he's been short. Or am I tripping? He just doesn't look as tall as he does here. This hit this match is not hitting like the last one was
is also really good weed. When does the match get fun? I'm not having fun. That was probably the best thing I've seen all match. Maybe I just don't like Goldberg.
It is so weird seeing Steve Austin with hair. First of all, this is going to be so weird to watch because I'm used to Stone Cold Steve Austin, not stunning Steve Austin. If there's anything I can say, Dustin Rhodes does live up to his name of the natural. Like, he is really good. I've just been sitting here sucked in.
got the wrestling hotline. My mom's watching football. This has just been like a real wrestling match. I mean, not like nobody has been wrestling, but this has been like a... Like no gimmicks, just wrestling.
this is kind of what match was that? Kind of reminding me of Terrence Taylor and Bobby Eaton in terms of like pacing and styles. Camera's kind of giving me a headache because the lights leave little streaks behind. Like I will say this match did start off slow, but now that Dustin is getting some momentum, it's picking up again. Oh, those lights are leaving annoying streaks.
Oh, the bell didn't ring though. He. Oh no, he got caught. He used the ropes. That was, that was pretty decent. That was a pretty decent match. It's just weird to see Stone Cold in anything that's, you know, not Stone Cold. I hope you guys have a happy Halloween. I will definitely catch you on the next one because we're just going to go back to normal back to the regular live watches if not more shooting the shit but thank you guys for listening and enjoy your Halloween festivities